Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin Acey, Potters beat writer for the Union Tribune. Ryan Finley's with me, uh, sports editor of the Union Tribune. Padres, Dodgers, four games. This thing's going to mess me up. It's called a wraparound. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Monday. So to me, Monday will be Sunday. Sunday will be Saturday. I don't know. Today is Friday, but then tomorrow will be Saturday. Oh, it's going to be a mess. Everybody just get ready for it. But this is huge, and it's it's huge because it's the Dodgers. But it's like, okay, here's another huge series for the Padres. But finally, they're playing really well. That's exactly what I was. The first words I was going to say today, Kevin, is for the first time in what feels like months, I'm excited about watching the Padres playing baseball tonight. Uh, this is a team that's playing better. Um, you know, we could we can nitpick their loss at Colorado a little bit, but you can't argue when you win a series, especially up there where things get weird. They're playing. They're playing better. Uh, they have a real chance to climb the standings uh, this weekend if they can do well against the Dodgers. Then they go to Seattle. Then they go to Phoenix. I mean, to me, this feels like the most important week of what has been the most important month or so of their season. And it all kicks off tonight at Peco Park. It's funny you say that. And it's like at first you want to be like, yeah, and we've said that so often. But it is funny how it's worked out. Like it does feel like that. Like, yeah. like yes, I guess, you know, Toronto and Detroit felt like that. And then the homestand felt like that. And and but I, I totally get what you're saying. But especially since it, it, the season's getting later, especially since you are playing the Dodgers, you're playing the Diamondbacks. Um, I think the Cubs play the the Braves. I mean, now we're reached that mm-hmm. point of the season where it's actually legit to start watching who the other contenders are playing. And all you, you know, what you hope for, I know that fans hope for them to make the playoffs, but what you hope for is that this, this can go on for a while. This is so much fun fun uh even for guys like you who were not like invested invested because you know we can't be but we're like this is what is fun to be like okay and here's what's happening tonight and here's what's happening uh the series after this and i yes this is uh gosh they at least got us here i guess so there's a this is a big weekend just to keep us uh you know engaged in this manner for for the rest of the or for for longer well, and I think the reason I'm excited too, Kevin, uh, on top of things, is that we don't have to talk anymore about whether or not the Padres are going to go for it. Um, the trade deadline passed, and they did what I think good teams do, right? They sort of built in around the edges. If you don't mind indulging me here, like let's go through a couple of these trades. Uh, the first one that broke early on the day of, of trade deadline was the Padres acquiring G-Man Choi and the ageless Rich Hill in a package that involved, you know, Alfonso Rivas and minor leaguers, essentially. Um, these are two veteran guys. What do they bring? As you said, I mean, this is where the Padres were going to go. We don't know how good these guys will be for them, but they weren't asking them to be Juan Soto or even asking them to be Adam Frazier. If you're, you want to flash back to, you know, God. something that was supposed to be like, oh, wow, make this lineup super good. And yeah. yeah. So yeah, Rich Hill is supposed to take up innings and give the Padres a chance to win. G-Man Choi can play his left-handed bat who can play first base, be your designated hitter against righties um, and, you know, come off the bench and give you a, a, like a power bat off the bench, like a guy who legit, I forget, is it six home runs in 27 games? Um, I think that's it, but it's whatever it is, it's, it's uh, the guy. Ha- and then there's like four doubles as well or something. Uh, he was hurt. He's come back and has been that like, you feel good. If you're starting the season with G-Man Choi coming off your bench, you're like, all right, cool, cool. Well, now you're starting a pennant race with with that. So Right, absolutely. They, they traded with the Marlins, acquiring Garrett Cooper. 
guy who was an all-star a year ago. Um, <laughs> somebody who who actually has pretty good power numbers this year, 13 homers. Uh, same thing, Kevin. Is this bench help, uh, platoon help? Uh, what, what do you think? All of it, but bench help, really. I mean, uh, if if he gets his way, uh, Bob Melvin would start these guys every once in a while. He has mixed and matched less this year. That's the lineup that he's been given, which is, you know, you pay these guys, you play these guys. And they've been in such dire straits for so long, you need to get your best guys in there every day. But he keeps lamenting the fact that, you know, his the big four, uh, Cronenworth, Hassan Kim, they've had to play every day. So if you can, you know, move some guys around, maybe move Cronenworth over to second, give Kim a day off and, you know, put uh, Choi at first. You can use your guys as DHs um, and more like a Manny uh, and move Kim over and all this. There's there's the flexibility that they have and that they, they would have had. I mean, I think we kind of all knew it wasn't going to be this way, but like if Matt Carpenter could have played first base, right? Like, right something that they could have been doing all year or if Matt Carpenter could have hit. So um, beyond April, but uh, yeah, the, the perfect like bench move. That's what they've wanted. Right. And what they've essentially done here, Kevin, it seems to me is they've, they've replaced sort of, you know, the last three, two or three spots on or two spots on their bench with, with veteran guys who, who you might call on to pinch hit. I mean, to me, one of the low points of this season, and it's funny, it was just over a week ago. It's when they lost to the Pirates in a game where Taylor Colway, probably unfairly to him, was at the plate with the game on the line. You know, doing it over again, maybe that's G-Man Choi and maybe there's a different outcome. Oh, it is. It, it, right. It is G-Man Choi and maybe it's a different outcome. Uh, one of my favorite things is uh, when we, I love you said maybe because you're, you know, because you are you and you, you know that maybe it would have. I love that I get the emails afterward where it would have worked. If it right. had been someone else. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's why managers can't win. Um, yeah. Look, Taylor Colway was known. He almost made this roster out of spring because yeah. he puts the ball in play. He doesn't strike out. He, right. you know, he was up in that situation and not Matt Carpenter because he puts the ball in play and Matt Carpenter has been striking out. Um, Taylor Colway happened to, you know, send a ball like a little pop up there uh, to third and be out. Didn't work right. out. Um, so, Yeah. Good yeah, move. This is, yeah, it's a, Kevin, uh, to, to get Garrett Cooper, who is under control again through the end of next season, 2024, and a, a AAA reliever here, the Padres had to give up Ryan Weathers. Yeah. Um, this is a guy who was uh, pitching in playoff games, um, somebody who was a part of their plans and then wasn't and then kind of was. Is this just change of scenery for him? What was the I think Padres that's how motivation? he would look at it for sure. Right. Like really good for him. And I think this speaks to the Padres have been talking um, all season, people inside the organization about uh, feeling pretty bullish on their young starters down in the minor leagues, guys that are 25, 26, uh, 2025, 2026, not 25 and 26. Now they're like 19, 20, 21, uh, but uh, 2025, 26 um, guys are going to be coming up both relievers and starters. So uh, in this case, we're talking about starters and that they feel like they have better than Jackson Wolf. They have better than Ryan Weathers. Ryan Weathers got his chance. Um, but that's that also though, Ryan Weathers has value, right? Like, yeah. so like this is good. Uh, good for this is what you hope is like good for both sides. Good for Ryan Weathers. Like I, I have a tendency to push back when a guy starts to become the doormat for fans. Um, and like 23 years old, like 
if his mom didn't tweet and if Ryan weren't as brash as he was, would people have just, you know, cut him more slack, you know, like 23 years old, like uh, Ryan Weathers could, you know, still be something. He's still developing pitches. Um, He should have been better in some spots. He, he, you know, he was young. I mean, again, 23. So, you know, good for him. Uh, Padres mm-hmm. did get a little depth there. They haven't had that. Now, this kid, is it uh, Sean Young, uh, AAA pitcher? He's six foot eight. None Sean of Reynolds. Really Sean Reynolds. Yes. Sean Reynolds. Thank you. It's not Sean Young. Um, Sean Reynolds. It hasn't. Uh, Ray Kerr came up, did nice uh, mm-hmm. uh, the other day. That was a real clutch performance. Um, but they, they've they got a little depth in AAA. This guy could be up this year. Uh, you know, at least a guy that they call up if they, if they need him. Um, so hopefully now that there's, they've got some reinforcements in the bullpen, uh, that won't be the case. But you you don't know when you're going to have to do that. So that, that might be a little plus deal there as well. But I think the real big one is the one you're probably about to mention. Yes, Scott Barlow. Um, yeah. You know, I was amazed that they were able to. I was surprised when I saw what they gave up. Um, Scott Barlow is a guy who is in the prime of his career, um, what, early 30s? Um, mm-hmm. Somebody who was the Royals' closer, um, off and on with the role as Chapman. Somebody who, when you look at his stuff, says he should be pretty darn good. Um, he's just had a terrible month. Uh, well, where does he slot in now in this group, and, and what are they hoping to get out of him? I was a little surprised to to hear, uh, you know, him and Wilson are your like you got you got like uh, Hater Suarez Wilson Barla like right like that. So uh, right now Wilson has earned the right to be uh, what you would call a plus guy. You're in the seventh. You're up by one or two. That's Wilson. It could end up being Barlow. Uh, maybe Wilson if Wilson pitched the day before it could be Barlow. Right. So, but he's also your guy who you don't have to. You're, when you've been a little taxed, you don't have to then go, oh, is this uh, Luis Garcia here? Um, so he can give you that if you're down one in the seventh. Um, so this is a, that was the one I think that they were like, all right, cool. That we needed that big time. Yeah. 30 years old, 6'3, 210, um, has already made an appearance and, and a pretty darn good one um, for the Padres. And, you know, I think is very interesting. Uh, a very interesting addition for me, a, a guy who I think was really having a bad month as an ERA now above five. Um, but before that was a, a pretty big part of the Royals back end of their bullpen. Kevin, did they do enough? I don't think these were moves that you were that were going to make you win. They're going to help. They're moves that can keep you from losing sometimes, which then obviously helps you win. But what I'm saying is it's not like huge difference makers. Right. But they if it feels weird to say they didn't need difference makers because they, you know, are one game under 500, but this team shouldn't need difference makers, right? At some point, you got to say, we put this team together. They're playing well now. If they're not who we thought they were, we're not going to the playoffs anyway. So what do you know, let's do what we have planned to do, which is fill around the edges, right? But what they got, if Juan Soto doesn't hit near the level he is right now, which by the way, fascinating for all that, uh, people have been down on uh, Juan Soto, and rightly so, much of this time. His OPS right now is 951. That is one point higher than it was in his career OPS coming into this season. So wow. Juan Soto, be, it's been a huge month. It's been a huge two weeks. Is every bit the player right now that you expected? He has won a couple games almost single-handedly uh, in this time period. So he keeps being this guy. Machado keeps at least OPS in the eights. 
Uh, Tatis look, gets a little better. Xander Bogarts look, I mean, the RBIs aren't there. The you know some of the clutch hits aren't there. The guy's batting three twenty since he got the cortisone shot at the All Star break. These guys keep being these guys. They've got a chance. These guys don't keep being these guys. I, I, you know, G-Man Choi better have 10 home runs, and that's not what they got G-Man Choi for. But there's nobody, I mean, in my opinion, there is nobody this side of Justin Verlander or Shohei Otani who they could have gotten at the deadline that could have gotten them into the playoffs if Thank your you. big four right. isn't hitting. Right. Like, so what they did is what they needed to do. Will it work? That's the fun we get to see. Yeah. I mean, to me, the risk is this. The risk is only this is that you miss out on an opportunity to trade Josh Hader and an opportunity to trade Blake Snell when you could have gotten some value back. Okay. The risk here is that this team loses six straight, eight straight, and that they're out of it a week from now. Or 10 days had from. someone blown them away mm-hmm. or had they lost two of three to the Rangers, I believe that then the price comes down a little bit and they maybe go that way. Okay. They, I don't know if it was 50-50, but like, they believe in this team, but they also didn't get the offers. Right. So when we talk about the value that they could have got, we're all we've always been talking about theoretical. We've always been talking about hopeful. The value wasn't really there. Like in terms of, is this really worth forfeiting a chance to compete this year and that much better than the compensatory pick that we would get whatever that is like a fifth rounder kind of equivalent and the answer was a resounding no there was zero based on what they were getting talked to about for snell and or hater it was a zero percent chance they were going to trade them okay that makes sense and i was a little surprised though i shouldn't be I sort of felt like the coverage all along was that they weren't going to trade him. And then people were acting like it was a surprise that they didn't trade him. Or I shouldn't say acting like it, but it's just like, I don't know. I, I, I was a little surprised by that. I, I I thought, especially in the last week, and especially after the Rangers series, like, you know, there really wasn't much chance at all. No, no, no. And you wrote it, by the way. These uh... Well, I mean, and, and a lot of people <laughs> did, I thought. Like, right. I, you know, but yeah. that's Kevin... all <laughs> Kevin, you're responsible for what everybody writes and says. I don't know if you know that, but uh, yeah, yeah. Kevin, obviously a huge stretch here uh, for the Padres. Uh, You've got four against the Dodgers, uh, two against Seattle, and then you go to Phoenix. Uh, What, looking at how the Dodgers have been playing lately, um, I think anytime anytime the Padres take a series from the Dodgers, it's important. What do the Padres need to do well to take three or four, let's say? Well, okay, so let's first go through. Darvish is going to face Bobby Miller tonight. Uh, Bobby mm-hmm. Miller, there's times I'll look up and, and I'll say, I'll see, oh, wow, Bobby Miller looks like uh, another uh, one of these uh, guys that the Dodgers bring up and he just, uh, you know, slides right in. And then he's also had some rough outings. Um, so um, it's not like tonight you're going against, uh, you know, uh, Urias or, or Kershaw, as a matter of fact, uh, unless I don't know who the TBA uh, is on uh, tomorrow for the Dodgers, but it doesn't appear that you're facing um, you're facing Kershaw uh, in the in this uh, series. But uh, so you got Darvish Miller tomorrow night. You got Snell going uh, against TBA. Rich Hill makes his debut on Sunday against Lance Lynn, a trade deadline pickup of the Dodgers, and then on Monday uh, Seth Lugo against Tony Gonsolin. Um, so I wanted to start there because, like, I, I believe that you know who knows what Hill's going to give you, but. One of the things that the Padres looked at and said is, you know, we've got a chance 
most nights with our starting pitchers. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think they're, they've got a chance, even though Freddie Freeman is like, I mean, Freddie Freeman's amazing. Yes. Like the, the white Tony Gwynn. He's just, I mean, I love watching Freddie Freeman play mm-hmm. as a baseball player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've got uh, Will Smith, who's one of those hitting catchers, uh, the unicorn, um, uh, Mookie Betts. Uh, they're, look at their lineup. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you look at the Phillies, you uh, you look at the Blue Jays, you look at a lot of good teams and you go, and just their numbers, you go, oh, that's why they're winning. The Dodgers, they got guys hitting 220, 170. Almost all of them have 10 home runs, though, or 12 home mm-hmm. runs or 15 home runs. You know, uh, pitching is is where they, they win this because I believe they're hitting, and then this will come back to bite me. <laughs> um, I, I believe their hitters are to a point now where when they do what they're they're supposed to do, they're capable of doing, I, I don't think it matters who the pitcher is. I don't think it matters if he has a 4-5 or if he has a 2-4. A, a this is a good offense who is hitting its stride. This is the, to me, the Dodgers, to me, the Dodgers are kind of the dynasty that will not die, right? It's Had unbelievable. To- <laughs> I just, it, it is, it's, it's amazing. Had you told me before the year that there would be no Walker Bueller, that Dustin May would grab his elbow and be gone for the year, that Gavin Lux would be injured in a spring training game and not play at all. I would sit there and say, well, enjoy fourth place. <laughs> and they just keep, and it's not even finding guys. Saying that they find guys is to diminish what they do. They keep promoting, developing, and identifying guys. Kevin, we talked about this last week. While the Padres were throwing money at Matt Carpenter and Nelson Cruz, and we could say, hey, the money on Cruz was a flyer, that's fine. They went out and identified J.D. Martinez. J.D. Martinez, who was an all-star game starter now. Who I who many in the game thought was might have been washed, or at the very least, a guy looking for kind of a Nelson Cruz type deal. I mean, they found him. Like this is a franchise that is both insanely wealthy, incredibly well run, and does a good job of developing players. This is the uh, homecoming king who drives a Mustang, who everybody in high school grows to hate, right? <laughs> and then just keeps regenerating. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean that—that's exactly it. The, the you hit the the money and the development, and that's a tough combination to beat because right. you know they they went and got Freddie Freeman, and he's been what you expected. They went and got Mookie Betts, he's been what you expected. They went and got J.D. Martinez, uh, and he was better than expected. Um, yeah, that's how it works. Take not to just dump on the Padres, but like. Has that happened with them necessarily? So, uh, and then add in the development component and the guys who've come up through their system, the Dodgers. And uh, yeah, it's a tough one to beat. And then I thought, and I think a lot of people thought they would do more at the deadline. Uh, Maybe they felt like they really didn't need to, you know, they're headed to the playoffs again. There's not a super team out there. Just, you know, just get through it. Uh, and give yourself another chance, which is what the Dodgers do every year. But I, they did get Lance Lynn. I thought maybe they'd do more, which that's the thing. They have the capability of doing more, right? Like, yeah, yeah they could go get Otani in four months. I mean, and well, like, yeah, they're good. Um, yeah, the, the, uh, the, the expectation is they will. So, right, right. And again, you know, maybe they, they thought they had Eduardo uh, Rodriguez um, yes. from the Tigers. Yes. Uh, he waved a no trade. Um, that will be our, that Kevin, I'm going to double back to the no trade thing here in a little bit. Um, I want to talk about Joe Musgrove. Uh, in all the excitement about the the acquisitions, Wednesday morning, 
the Padres announced that Joe Musgrove will not be starting and instead it'll be Nick Martinez. Nick Martinez did an incredible job. Um, from what they have indicated, he's just going to miss one turn through the rotation and return against, well, two turns, I guess, if you count Monday. Well, if you count Monday, right. But then he should start Tuesday. So right. so that's the expectation. It, you have no way of knowing, really, until, like, I mean, could, is this Michael Walker? I mean, you know, who even came back and made a start and then had to go back down. Right. Like I, and I'm just speculating there. That is absolutely nothing that I've, uh, that, that, that their things are similar or anything like that. Walker's had this thing before Joe's had to struggle through some, you know, things before, but, but been able to pitch through them. And, and this time, especially being in Colorado and, and the importance of the uh, end of the season coming up, they, they just felt it was better to shut him down here. And, uh, and then also, you know, uh, make, say no no Monday as well um and so uh you know Rich Hill gave him that opportunity to be able to say hey you know we can we can at least uh, throw a veteran out there we don't have to cobble together a bullpen game against the Dodgers um so yeah I I don't know and I do think that it's something that should be a, a a concern only because oh that's Joe Musgrove who if it weren't for Blake Snell Joe Musgrove would have the best ERA in the majors I believe since June 1st so uh, you know, that's incredible. It is incredible. Kevin, does this have anything to do with the the reason for uh, him really getting that long break uh, around the All-Star break, or is this unrelated? No, this is uh, – th- that was a break that he needed as far as, you know, we know, uh, and it, it was – that's what he said, and it was plausible, and, and Joe's pretty candid too. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, just the, the proliferation of, of events and primarily like the elbow with the bursitis – uh, and th- all the things that he worked through. And then they had him turn around on four days rest right before the all-star break. I think maybe even two starts before the all-star break. And so they wanted to give him a, a break. Now, could we find out that maybe, uh, yeah, uh, we, we could definitely find out that maybe there was also this. Now here's maybe the good news. If it was, his start since the All-Star break have been fantastic. So, you know, uh, is it that big a deal? Now, of course, Michael Walker came back. Did he go five or six with like one run and then was shut down for another month? So, you know, arms are arms are weird, man. Arms are weird. Uh, Kevin, your story today I thought was compelling. You know, part of it was, you know, the Padres are playing great now. Um, sort of where was this in April and May? Not, not to oversimplify here, but. You know, we're looking at a situation, Kevin, where they're going to need to win two or three of the rest of the season. And had they played just a little bit better earlier on, uh, they wouldn't be in this situation. What has changed? Yeah, you know, to your point first, um, if they had played better early on, that game Monday, right? Like, um, sorry, Tuesday, the middle game in Colorado that they lost. They lost in extra innings. They lost by one run. It's going to be maddening if they don't make the playoffs to look back and do the math. Cause you could do it right now and say, Oh, and 10 and extra innings. If they were three and seven in extra innings, they are on the cusp of the wild card. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean one, like a half a game out or something today, mm-hmm. three and seven, not even asking for them to go five and five. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, one run games. Is it, is it 19? Is it 16, 17 losses? What if they had, won six more of those. So it's just six out of the 16 were different. They're in the wild. They're second in the wild card race, I think. Like, it's going to be maddening. That could end up being the thing of the season uh, right there. What changed? Well, they're playing better. But you ask then why? 
um, guys are doing this and that, whatever. Okay, okay, okay. You get down to it. They will never use this word. It's like when you ask somebody if they're worried about something. Are you worried? They're not worried about it. They might then go on to make a big, long explanation that shows they're they're worried, but that's the, that word we're not going to use. They will not use complacency because that's an ugly, ugly, ugly word. But a a lot of comments like, well, we, we felt like there was time or, you know, we thought we were going to come around and all this. And it, it was complacency, not in a latent way, not in a way of, oh, we just need to show up and win, but a looking around the locker room going, how could we not turn this around? And all of us were saying, that's why we're all so like disgusted or angry or whatever, right? Is because we were doing the same thing. Like, how can they not turn this around? Well, it got so ugly, mm-hmm. they finally said, well, we, we got to really take this seriously now. And, um, you know, it's not going to turn around unless we make that happen. And I guess that's what's happening now. Is that mind boggling? Yes, it is. I'm right there with you. I guess the point of my story today, and it was based on reporting over basically the last three months, but then I, I finally got a team leader, uh, on the record saying some pretty incredible things uh, in Joe Musgrove. And I decided that today was the day to write the story. Things are, things are really good right now. That does not change the fact this team's got to do something about a pattern of starting out slow or hitting a lull and only turning it on when they have to. They've got to do something about it. They know it. They've got to identify what that is. And, and and you know, that has to be different. Right. The rally goose last year, Kevin, I think people people are so, and justifiably so, we're so excited by the, the, the series win over the Dodgers and the series win over the Mets that they forget that this was a team that was really, really hard to watch for much of last season. Three for, many exactly. of, for, men, for many of the same reasons. Yeah. I mean, they were underachieving. They, right. They were under, I mean, they were underachieving period. Um, yeah. So you're right. It's funny. I, I'm not sure your average Padre fan would recall that last season was just as maddening until about this time. Right. They started out hot. Eric Hosmer right. and Manny Machado in May led the major leagues in batting average. Right. Uh, they started out hot. They didn't lose a lot of games. There was a two month or a month and a half period where they never lost more than one game. Right. Like didn't ever lost two in a row. Right. Um, they didn't have long losing streaks. They would win two, three, lose one, win three, four, lose one. They built up a uh, uh, 17 games above 500. They were in first place. They went to Colorado, lost two of three, I believe. Um, and from mid-June to mid-September, they were on three games under 500. It might have been five games under, but it was it was bad. Right. Yes, we forget that. But they were never close to being under 500. It wasn't this ugliness, but it was this, you nailed it for exactly what you said, but like they were, it was this, not, it was this, um, not unwatchable. You didn't say that. And it wasn't unwatchable, but it was, it was this boring. It was this like, you know, not, not good. So yeah. yeah. No, I, it's, uh, I mean, didn't they clinch a playoff spot last year by losing? Yes, I, I I have a huge problem with that characterization because it's one freaking game, one day. I know. Yes, but yes, that that did sort of. I one thing I'll grant is that uh, that does sort of sum it up. <laughs> and then, and you know what that showed us that day? Absolutely nothing because they were 
the hottest team in baseball for the next week and a half. Right. Yeah. Um, excellent. Kevin, before we go, I, I always like uh, putting you on the spot here. Eduardo Rodriguez vetoed a trade to the Dodgers because LA was on his no trade list. If you could have a five team, no trade list, where wouldn't you go? Los Angeles, Arizona, Denver, San Francisco. Oh, so there's those four. Uh, and probably the White Sox. Haven't been to that ballpark in, in a couple decades, but uh, probably probably the White Sox. Most of those are based on um, the. Uh, this was uh, something that was coming. Cole Hamels and Craig Stammen have, have retired. Okay. That's uh, wow. just, one, just wanted you to know. Cole Hamels and, and Craig Stammen have retired. This was uh, the Hamels one, maybe a little more surprising, but there just wasn't progress being made there. Uh, Craig Stammen, we, we knew that that was coming. Uh, sure. So, uh, but anyway, just, just, just got that. But uh, most of those are based on the ballpark, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Some of them are based Francisco? on the city as well. San Some Francisco. Of- I don't know the last time you were there, but it uh, we t- we we those of us who go there quite a bit talk about it a lot. Like it's such a beautiful city. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pandemic obviously contributed to a lot of people moving out of it. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of things have changed there. It's uh, it's a little sketchy sometimes downtown. I need to remind myself too, because you're a healthy person. You walk to the ballpark. You are a and ballpark I, walker. And I and walk so home. Matters. I walk back walk- to the hotel at midnight. <laughs> That's. That's a great point. So, I yes, mean, I was, those are all based on Kevin Acey's experience in those cities. Either, oh, could I bring myself to go to uh, Chase Field 74 times a year? Uh, no. Uh, you know, San Francisco, That that's probably reluctantly on there. I could find it. I could do San Francisco. It's a beautiful ballpark, beautiful city. Uh, but, yeah, Denver, do I want to go watch games there all the time? You know, the city's kind of gone to crap. Uh, uh, LA, when I lived there, I loved it. I covered the Dodgers. I loved it. I actually dig Dodger stadium. I hate LA. So anyway, that's it. That's a perfect place to leave it. Padres Dodgers four game wraparound series starting tonight at Petco park. That'll do it for this episode of the hot lava podcast for Kevin AC. I'm Ryan Finley. Kevin, I guess we'll talk Tuesday with you in Seattle. (laughs) Jeez. Tuesday, Tuesday. Get it in your head, Kevin. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. (laughs) Crazy. All right, we'll see you guys next time.